Welcome to Highway 89, Utah's most scenic musical byway. I'm Peggy Woodruff, and joining me in the studio this hour are the musicians of the Roscoe String Quartet, with violinists Melissa Combe and Jacob Hofer, cellist Lauren Posey, and violist Sonny Johnson. The Roscoe String Quartet was formed in 2012 as the official graduate string quartet of the University of Utah, with Dr. Hassa Borup as the ensemble's primary coach. Recently, there's been a lot of excitement surrounding the quartet. The world-renowned Juilliard Quartet has invited them to a music seminar in New York City and to perform at Lincoln Center, as well as to spend time studying one-on-one. So wonderful things are happening for them, and I want to congratulate them on their success. The Roscoe String Quartet actively seeks out new music and lesser-known works to perform, and we'll hear some of that today, including music from Carl Nielsen's String Quartet No. 3 and Ernest Bloch's Paysage. Also, the composer Nathaniel Eschler is currently writing a piece, for, especially for this quartet. But let's hear from the Roscoe String Quartet right away. This is a prelude by Ernest Bloch who was considered during his lifetime as the fourth B after Bach, Beethoven, and Brahms. It is titled Contemplation.
We heard Contemplation, a prelude by Ernest Bloch, performed by the Roscoe String Quartet. You're listening to Highway 89, a live music performance program on Classical 89 and BYU Radio. I'm Peggy Woodruff. Let's visit for a minute with Jacob Hofer, who holds bachelor's and master's degrees in violin performance from the Peabody Conservatory of Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore. And he's currently a doctoral student of musical arts at the University of Utah. Jacob, you began studying the violin when you were five years old, and you used the Suzuki method. That's right. We, we hear this term a lot, but not a lot of us know exactly what it's all about. Can you tell us about your experience with Suzuki? Absolutely. I've had a great experience with Suzuki, and um, I'm actually really glad I was a Suzuki student because my teacher had so much patience with me. It took me a long time to get through the first book, but I stuck with it, and I'm really glad I did. Is there it. is there a great deal of parental involvement with this method? There is, definitely. It's called the Suzuki Triangle. It's a triangle between the Suzuki teacher and the parent and the student or the child. And um, so it's really important that every part of that is is connected. You have an important relationship between the student and the, the teacher, and also the teacher and the parent and the parent and the student. So it works all always through the triangle. It makes good sense to have the parents so integrally involved, but I suppose it's easier to send your child off to lessons <laughs> and not think about it. It is easier, but uh, I wouldn't trust a five-year-old to practice on their own. <laughs> True. Uh, Jacob, some opponents of Suzuki are afraid that maybe children will not learn to sight-read as well if by the Suzuki method. What is your opinion on that? That was a um, common misconception that began um, several decades ago when the Suzuki Association was new in America. Um, and today, Suzuki teachers are realizing that um, Dr. Suzuki's students who learned to read music in book four were actually about five or six years old at that point. Wow. Um, and many students just begin at that age here in America. And so we've adapted. And I think today um, we are teaching to read music, but the foundational principle of learning to play by ear is still uh, in effect. Well, it's the same as learning a language, isn't it? Absolutely. That's how children learn languages, by ear. Absolutely. Are you, um, you're teaching it as well, aren't you? Yes, I am a Suzuki teacher. Um, and I teach at the Gifted Music School in their preparatory division and chamber music. That's a new thing in Utah, isn't it? Yes, I believe it was. Um, it began in 2008, just a few years before I got here. Jacob, best of luck in your studies. Thank you so much for being here. Thank we'll you. hear now some more music of Ernest Bloch, which dates from 1925. It's titled Paysage, and it's a de depiction of three different locales. The first section is called North, and I understand that it was influenced by an old silent film called Manuk of the North. So picture ice and snow as you hear the first part. The second is Alpestre, which means alpine, pretty natural since he was Swiss-born. And the last is titled Tonga Tabu, taking us to the islands of the South Pacific.
That was music of Ernest Bloch titled Paysage. I'm Peggy Woodruff, and today we have the Roscoe String Quartet in our studio, which is the official graduate string quartet of the University of Utah. Melissa Combe is playing the violin today, but she is also a talented pianist. Welcome, Melissa. Glad Thanks. you're here. At the start of the program, I mentioned that the quartet is going to be heading to New York for a marvelous experience. Talk a little bit about that and what's waiting for you there. Well, um, at the beginning of the academic school year when we all um, were formed, um, our director, um, he um, suggested that we audition for this seminar. And we submitted an online audio recording of us playing. And we just found out um, just recently on April 1st that we were accepted and we couldn't be more excited. That is fabulous. And part of this is performing at the Lincoln Center, isn't it? That's right. Have you ever been there before? You know, I haven't. So that will be a great experience. We um, will be performing at the end of the week um, with the other quartets that are, per are participating in the seminar as well. So, How does a quartet prepare for an experience like this? Well, um, we definitely um, want to make sure that the repertoire that we bring to the seminar is prepared. Um, we are going to be bringing the Beethoven uh, Quartet, Opus 51, 59, number one, the Razumovsky. Nice. Um, and we're also going to be bringing the Nielsen Third String Quartet, which we'll be playing next. So Marvelous. Melissa, it's going to be a fabulous opportunity. I know I don't need to wish you luck because you're marvelous, but, but have fun, won't you? Thank you. We're excited. We'll hear more from the Roscoe String Quartet now, this time from Carl Nielsen, who is widely regarded as Denmark's greatest composer. His early days were challenging financially, though. I understand that at the premiere of his first symphony, Nielsen was playing in the orchestra in the second violin section. But it was a great success. His reputation flourished. And this string quartet was written four years later in 1898. Here's the Roscoe String Quartet performing the third movement of his Opus 14, String Quartet Number no. 3 in E-flat major. Thank you. 
That was the third movement of String Quartet No. 3 in E-flat major by Carl Nielsen. You're tuned in to Highway 89. I'm Peggy Woodruff, and I'm visiting today with members of the Roscoe String Quartet. Sunny Johnson is the violist of the group. She's currently pursuing her master's degree at the University of Utah and received her bachelor's degree from Utah State University. Sunny, to play at the level that you four do must take an awful lot of practicing. How many hours a week do you practice? Well, as a quartet, usually we practice um, around five to six hours a week. Um, but that doesn't even count what you do at home on your own, right? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> um, we Each of us um, plays probably from six to nine hours a day. Um, close to, let's see, I would say around three to five hours of uh, personal practice, and then plus whatever we do in um, symphony or other, yeah, or other. We did opera last week, um, and that took three hours every night the entire week. So that has to make you need to get some balance in your life. And I understand that you have a pursuit that does give you a little bit of balance. You got <laughs> a minor in ornamental horticulture. I did. How did you get interested in that? So I started working at a local nursery. Um, I grew up in Pleasant Grove and um, just a local nursery down there um, just to start saving up for college. Um, And that was after my senior year of high school. And then I I continued to work in nurseries. This is um, my sixth year working in nurseries now. So does it give you a does nature just feed your soul? Yeah, it's so nice to get out of the practice room sometimes. <laughs> I imagine you need to. Yeah, definitely. Do you, do you do any gardening on your own other than your work at the nurseries? You know, sadly I don't because I still don't have a yard, but you should see the list that I've compiled of plants that I will put in my future yard, and it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> you can move in next to me and be my neighbor. Uh, there you I would go. love to have something beautiful <laughs> to look at. <laughs> Thank you, Sunny, for being with us, and good luck in all your pursuits. We're going to hear the fourth and final movement now of Carl Nielsen's third string quartet in E-flat major. Uh, This remains one of his more popular works, especially in Denmark. And I understand we're lucky to have these last two movements because after he finished composing them, he took them to the copyist, and on his way, he encountered a horse in the street that was down and in some distress. Well, he handed his music roll to a young boy and helped the horse up, and when he turned around, boy and music were gone. He had to go home and write it down all over again. I wonder if it's the same as it was the first time. This is the fourth movement of String Quartet Number 3. <laughs> Thank you. 
We've been listening to music of Carl Nielsen. That was the fourth movement of his string quartet number three in E-flat major. This is the Roscoe String Quartet performing live on Classical 89 and BYU Radio. I'm Peggy Woodruff. Lauren Posey is our cellist today and Mm -hmm. a graduate student at the University of Utah. She's also the winner of the T. Gordon Parks Collegiate Concerto Competition. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I know that the Roscoe String Quartet prides itself on its involvement in the performance of new music and less known pieces. Often contemporary music stretches the norm of how you can extract music from an instrument. Are you often called upon to do some of those really extended techniques like playing on the bridge or under the bridge or... Well, for example, the next piece we'll play, play the Stravinsky, there's a lot of French terms, which Lauren Posey is not too good with French, but luckily there's dictionaries online. However, I believe in the second violin part and Melissa's part, there is a direction that says to pizzicato like a violin, or like a cello, excuse me. I play the cello, so mm-hmm. everything else is not as good. But um, <laughs> they... So we obviously morph that because I think there's like a different switching she had to do. So of course there's something we have to adapt to. It's not like Bach where it's like, this is exactly how you do it. This is how historians have described it and whatnot. And timing has to be a challenge on a lot of these pieces. Yes. For example, in the first movement of the Nielsen, um, it is a lesser known work. That's, it is hard to find recordings. There are a lot of tempo markings and there's not a lot of history to back it up. So it's we think we'll take this marking and slow it down here, or we'll speed it up there. I, many modern pieces are tremendously unconventional. A good example is the piece that we're going to hear next. But what is different about your approach to an unconventional piece like that than, say, a Baroque string quartet? Um, well, first of all, you're a little more afraid because you're like, I can't even read this music. There's so many grace <laughs> notes and so many false harmonics. I don't even know what note this is. Um, so that's the first of, first approach. And most, most of the time we have to take the music home and look at it and like almost look at it from an analytical way first just to know what notes you're playing. We're playing in tomorrow night's composer's form at the University of Utah. Um, and there's also some pieces we've had to do with that. But it's a lot easier because you have the composer in the same room as you. So you can ask as many questions as you want. And the rehearsal time is probably extended a great deal, trying to figure out who needs to follow who. and Yes, which rhythm you don't know how to play. Yep, all that. Well, it's beautiful what I've heard tonight. Thank you so much, Lauren. I wish you all the best experience ever in New York. Enjoy the Lincoln Center, all four of you. Our last piece was written in a matter of four days and it is a dramatic departure from traditional string quartets. It was written in 1914 by a 32-year-old Igor Stravinsky, and it's titled Three Pieces for String Quartet. Thank you. 
We heard three pieces for string quartet composed by Igor Stravinsky. And that concludes another edition of Highway 89. This hour, we've been lucky enough to have the musicians of the Roscoe String Quartet in our studio. They are Melissa Combe and Jacob Hofer on violin, cellist Lauren Posey and Sonny Johnson on viola. Thank you for being here and for a very enjoyable hour. The Roscoe String Quartet was formed in 2012 as the official graduate string quartet of the University of Utah with Dr. Hasse Borup as the ensemble's primary coach. They compete and concertize throughout the United States and have recently been invited by the Juilliard Quartet to a music seminar in New York City and to perform at Lincoln Center. More information about the Roscoe String Quartet, including upcoming concerts and projects, is available at their website, roscoestringquartet.com. We welcome your comments and questions about this show. To contact us, simply email us at highway89 at byu.edu. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. The recording engineer is Mark Waite, and the show's producer is Jackie Tataishi. I'm Peggy Woodruff. Thank you for listening. <laughs>